You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to teach about the research. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is the day that won't be Tag is in, tag is out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000. My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hello one and all and welcome back to Nerd to No Basis here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Uh, with me, I have Kian. How are we doing, Kian? I'm very good. Happy New Year. And a Happy New Year to you too. Apologies uh, for people who may be listening to this like somewhere in March. I don't know what our release schedule is. It's it. Hey, it's it's New Year somewhere. It's 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 five o'clock somewhere. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, if you're listening to this in January 2024, January 2025, January 38, 26, uh, we are here this week, I think, specifically to to take a look back at do a year in review of 2023. Um, because I think I think it's I think it's fair to say that it was a big year for pretty spectacle releases. I think a lot of things kind of I think a lot of things that were held through the pandemic really kind of came to bloom here in a big way compared to 21, 22. Yeah, but um, as you pointed out before uh we started recording, uh it was also a year of the writer's strike. And also, although no one noticed, it was Disney's 100th anniversary. So it was sort of a big ebb and flow type year. Like you say that. I don't know if Disney remembered it was their 100th anniversary because I did you see Wish? Because I don't think anybody else saw Wish. No. Uh like lots of lots of the kids that you saw like elemental, but like no, I don't know anyone who's seen Wish actually. Yeah, I think that, that was supposed to be the the like love letter to the hundred year of Disney. And I did see case. lots of ads for which because I saw what like so the Paw Patrol movie and stuff. And yeah. like they not only did they do a Wish trailer, but they did an entire Disney one hundred years trailer with Wish in it. So like they were trying to, it felt like they were trying to make it like the Avengers Endgame of Disney movies, you know? I haven't. Yeah, like no, this is coming from somebody who has not seen it mm. for the record. But by all accounts, it's like trying to be reminiscent of very classical Disney. Well, I have what people know, the soundtrack for what it's worth. Yeah, what people would know is like you know the Renaissance Disney. So you have the yeah. you have the princess, you have the adventure, you have the villain, you have the songs. But by all accounts, none of it lands. <laughs> right. Uh, it, I will come back with a judgment when it comes up on. Yeah, screen. yeah. I mean, I'm only going by the trailer, but like certainly it did. There wasn't like a huge urge to go see it. It felt a bit like 
I mean, for I hope it's an overdone thing, but it did feel like a bit like an AI wrote it, you know, just like <laughs> punch in the whimsical talking animal character, put uh, in the song sung by a well-known celebrity who's a villain, put yeah, in very, the very girl who has a dream. Enter Disney. And- when you wish upon a star, you know. Yeah, very, hey, Mr. Computer, make me a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, which, I mean, I get in some respect, but if it's like your big tentpole thing, like, why, like, where, where's that Encanto excitement, you know? Like, yeah, where's, where, where's, where's the Moana magic? Exciting talent involved, like. Yeah, no, it, it felt very much like a last minute, oh, we need to make a movie. Um, yeah. But. And look, maybe things will change, like, uh, with Encanto, and even Moana, when it came out, like, they were kind of slow burns that found their audience after a couple of months. But I don't see it happening for this one somehow. No, I think the critical response is already kind of browbeaten this. Uh, so better look next time, Disney. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Disney, you pour down on you your look. You pour down on your look. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, hey, they're they're already, they're losing their flagship character, so. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's going to be one of the things to see in 2024. The same thing that happened to Winnie the Pooh this year will happen to Mickey Oh, there's Mouse. already been the, 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 the horror movie. Steamboat Willie announcement. I think it's called Infestation yeah. 88, and it looks terrible. What do you think? Um, do you think it was a case the script was written and they were just waiting? Or almost do you think certainly. That, like, they just threw it together really quickly? Oh, almost certainly. Like, as soon as as soon as soon there was the announcement it was coming up on, that the Steamboat Willie Mickey was coming up on copyright, um, people were saying, it was like, oh, we're getting we're getting a blood and honey. This is, there's there's no escaping it. <laughs> And what you know what? I, I, I can't even judge it because that's just what public domain is. You can. It's it's just up to the people to decide if it's bad or not. You will go but, see it then, yeah? Absolutely not. But <laughs> let's let's not let's talk about movies that people actually did go and see last year. Um I think I think it is fair to start with the uh the the, the headliners, I think to best call them as last year. Uh who didn't go to see Barbenheimer? I didn't get Actually, to see Barbie, unfortunately. Great I really question. Wish yeah, yeah, you didn't. <laughs> no, I do know all the songs because I work in schools, and that so I've, had to, was... I've had to like work on dance numbers to every single song. But I yeah, haven't no... actually sat down and watched the film. No wonder the Barbie soundtrack was the best album of last year. Yes, yes. <laughs> At least according to my Spotify Wrapped. <laughs> <laughs> um. But no, I think like you know, I we we've kind of gone into to to reviews of both, so we won't we won't hammer on about. No, but here's my um, question because this might be the last time people talk about it for a while. Like, do you think that the Barbenheimer thing will have an effect on cinema? Do you think this is the thing that will bring people back, or is it like a weird novel blip? I hope it brings people back, and I think. While while I think in the immediate aftermath we saw the studios learn the wrong lesson, like Warner Brothers and Mattel greenlighting a bunch of board game movies. <laughs> um I what I think this shows is people having a hunger for author-driven movies. Because that's yeah. the big thing that really connected the these two was that people knew Greta Gerwig and people knew Christopher Nolan. And people knew that these are going to be at least very well-made movies. And they are, they're incredibly. They're incredibly well-made, distinctive movies. And I think that's that's kind of the draw that brought people in. Yeah, I mean, you could make the case that Barbie is technically a franchise character. But, like, oh, certainly. This wasn't but, the case of 
going to see a Marvel thing for Marvel. You know, they were they, they were drawn in by the hype of themselves, you know? Yeah, like that's I think, you know, there's there's a there is a lot to be said. Obviously, Barbie brought in the crowd. I'm not gonna mm. deny that fact. That's why most of my friends went to see no it but it's one thing to bring in the crowds another for people to go back five or six times exactly like i think you you wouldn't have this staying power if it was the original script with amy mm. schumer directing it you know oh uh, i didn't know that oh that was that was the original we could have lived in a very different universe um exactly before, somewhere before margot robbie got the uh got the rights to it so no that's I think yeah, Greta Gerwig and Christopher Nolan were we're probably were the draws for that, mm. and obviously you know it's 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 just kind of one of those big once in a once in a lifetime like mi- cultural mixing pots mm. of why do but make the make the funny cat pink cowgirl and man in black suit be friends, <laughs> um, and yes, no, like it's incredibly memeable. I've I've seen lots of clips of um someone taking the last scene from Oppenheimer and putting Linkin Park's What I've Done underneath <laughs> it and it working oh, surprisingly well. Oh, that is so wonderfully 2005. I love that. <laughs> um, but no, it, it is. I like, I definitely, again, it's, it, what, what my takeaway, as much as I love both movies, uh, like, I, what will be unforgettable to me was that cinema going experience mm. of, going and everyone being in pink and tie-dye and yeah, being in a, and in a packed I, out cinema like i mean like i agree i i didn't go to nearly as many films as you but apart from mario in its opening week mm. every time i've gone to the cinema it's been quite empty yeah a lot a lot of what i've been to i think <laughs> the busiest screening i've went to since has been Wonka this week, which I think should say something else. Well, that has the benefit of it being like, you know, uh, the Christmas holidays and everyone's off, you know? That's fair. It was, yeah, it was a lot of kids. Um, A a surprisingly well-behaved screening, actually, all things considering. Yeah, yeah, I will say, nobody was taking pictures of themselves. The kids were mostly quiet. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's got to go back through. I think, like I said, it was like... Aside from obviously like the 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 juggernauts of this year, I think there was a lot of other movies though that I think I would like to kind of bring back because they fell by the wayside. Yeah. One that I don't think got as much love as it really should have was the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I I really yes, I watched that on streaming. I thought it was good. It's thoroughly wonderful and like mm. it it got the great critical reception, but it just didn't have the the ground pull. I think they like obviously it came out before Barbie, but I think they were hoping for it to mm-hmm. be a Barbie and a franchise starter. But no, it, it had, it, it was so, it was so much fun and really got to the heart of what Dungeons and Dragons as a game and a concept is, which is just... Oh yeah, the scene a, of a, asking the dead people questions, really. Yeah. Kind of, I think was the best embodiment of that, like... That or uh, or him using the illusion of himself to, to, distra- to distract the guards and it goes wrong. <laughs> The horrible effects and all that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I wonderful. mean, it's. I appreciate that it resisted the urge to be this meta. Suddenly, it's like a Lego movie where people are playing the game, and like, no, they they actually kept it in a working universe, but still had the chaotic feel of playing it, which yeah. is a hard line to walk. Like, yeah, no, I think I think it did incredibly well, and I'll always give give a mark to something that uses heavy practical effects. Mm. Uh, even if some of them are a little bit dodgy, that tabaxi did not look a lot like a cat, but uh, marks were trying. Yeah, um, fair, 
fair play to to Chris Watts's face for actually mutating his face for that scene. <laughs> okay, there was CGI. I won't pretend. Listen, <laughs> I won't pretend there was no CGI. But again, where it was like you know, where else were you going to see a dragon that was that round? <laughs> what is the uh, name of that Chris? There are so Pine. many Chris's. Pine. Chris Pine. Thank you. Pine. One of the good ones. <laughs> and then in like on top of that another one that i think did get about as much recognition but another kind of like creatively driven movie uh that i think really stood out for me this year would have been john wick 4 i still uh, haven't seen that so that's uh, i heard it's a bit of a return to form though i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't say even a return to form i think all four of them are excellent okay uh, i heard i heard the third one was a little bit skippable ah uh, no i'd say i'd say still go ahead with it like they're all a lot of fun but this one definitely four stands out yeah uh they they definitely like where one was obviously it's its own kind of like the the first and the draw and a spark and exciting two and three follow that are fun but are kind of kind of going through the motions yeah I, i'm saying that in that they are all a plus like yes four really just ups the ante with the fight choreography and the like the the designs and locations and the scale of the story mm. and just kind of the, the the dramatic weight of it all like this it, it it feels like the culmination of four movies of like this haggard man just trying to get by but nobody will let him i'm still waiting for when a john wick film comes out that's all one take like 1917 style it that, will happen eventually you're not the, wrong um, the fight sequences are getting more and more confident as time goes along like and they're oh confident God, yeah there's a there's an incredible like there's so many great sequences but like the standout is one section in like in an old dilapidated haste mm. where the camera just like sidles like upwards and gives you this top down view and it becomes just like 10 minutes of watching them do a live action hotline Miami <laughs> it's exceptional like it's it's incredible camera work um like it it i i like it is it is a game changer for action movies mm. Um, really, really standout work. Um, okay, and we also got to give a shout. I know we reviewed it, but Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is class. I keep. I need to get to it. I need to get to it. It looks so so good. Like you're the I, animation guy. I know. I but I'm I'm shocked that it's not on Paramount yet. Uh, no, neither is Paw Patrol too. I don't know what's going on over there. Yeah, like that's I'm I'm waiting. And they lost Star Trek. They don't have. They have all the Transformers movies except Bumblebee, the one I want to watch. Same. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. No. Like it. It. It's. It's on my list. That is one I know I need to watch. But it looks incredible. Uh, to 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 speak on it a bit more, if you don't mind. (laughs) No, no, no. Me and me and Dara already Mm. kind of covered it a few weeks ago. But just, it's as somebody who does not know anything about the Ninja Turtles. It is a great introduction. It's a great animated film. And it's a really great representation of kids, of teenagers, you know? Yeah, like, I heard I heard it really hones in on, they're on fun, the They're charming, a bit jerky, like, you know, like they break into a school uh, having never been in the human world. And the first thing I want to do is join an anime society. Like, you know, it's they, they feel very, for turtles, they feel very real, you know? And the performances yeah. from the teen actors are great, like... Yeah, no, it's 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 one I must must watch. I'm 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 shocked I haven't. Uh, mm. I think actually it. I would have to say my like standout animated movie though this year, 
uh, I have to go. I've got to go back to Puss in Boots. <laughs> like, I forgot that was this year. You're right. That was that was the very start of the year, and it like, why? How does a Puss in Boots movie have any right to be that good? <laughs> to, yeah, to to be that gore, just so suddenly gorgeously animated in that like painterly 2d hybrid 3d mm. style but then also have this just really concise plot about the risk of mortality in a cat with nine lives like i mean yeah i mean you're absolutely right and it's a gorgeous looking film it's well acted and like weirdly enough has a lot in common with probably what's going to be our pick for the best animated film beer chicken run chicken run <laughs> 2 i should say I have to watch that still, yeah. <laughs> oh, you'd love it. Like, I won't give anything away, but, like, I think because we talked about it before, but, like, uh, it's... At one point, at the start of the movie, my daughter was dancing to it. By halfway through, she was hiding behind the couch, and then she came back. It's actually quite <laughs> freaky and scary in the middle, but in a really, really nice, exciting way, you know? Oh and yeah, no, I... and it's absolutely comparable to the original, which is a high mark to clear. You know, yeah, it's because it's it's Ardman again, isn't it? Right, it is. But Ardman, yeah. like you know, they're always consistent, but they're not always like outstanding. Yeah, but no, it's, I, 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 I wanted to make five sure, times. I just wanted to make sure it actually was like claymation. And... It was yeah, not all no. the voice actors are back, but it definitely. I've... Like, I mean, I said it in the last episode, the first, as Stevie put it, the first uh, episode Chicken Run was Great Escape. This is like 1960s The Prisoner. It's very oh. freaky and psychedelic. Cool. And just has lots of weird twists and turns. And it's very funny and very charming. Do you know what? Because that's on Netflix, isn't it? Yeah. I will probably watch that tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 been that's been kicking around on my list for a while. Now, oh, watch it. Watch and the first that. one's up there, too. If you need to refresh your memory. Like, oh, certainly. I might. It's been a while. Um, if I may, I've got one. I got one more movie. That's that's just for me. Sure. <laughs> if you, um, because I there's no way I can get away with this without mentioning the fact that we finally got, uh, the Metalocalypse movie we've been wanting for the past seven years, and by we I do mean me and like two of my friends. <laughs> uh, but I I just I I am in absolute shock and awe that Adult Swim gave the green light on this and that they find we finally got a conclusion uh for i i think i brought this up with the tldr is that we got like we got a we got a we it's got a been movie. going for yonks isn't it this year. Uh, it was going for a few years yeah they 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 made a a, a movie opera like a like an hour-long like music mm. like animated opera that wrapped up some plot threads but kind of lately left like the major stuff still dangling and mm. then very suddenly comedy uh, uh adult swim just axed the whole thing and said, no, you can't make any more Metalocalypse. And, and we were left in a limbo with the creator, Brandon Small, kind of ruminating on that and getting kind of vengeful in his solo projects <laughs> for a while. And, and then eventually, after kind of ye- after a couple of years, some, things, some fire started getting lit, and eventually we got the announcement that, yes, we're finally getting a Metalocalypse movie and uh, 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 Army of the Doomstar. Like, it... it the whole premise of Metalocalypse is the most famous band in the world are death metal band who are so big they are in themselves the world's eighth largest economy and they're all absolute prima donnas. But this movie, like, there's there's something about it where it's just it's watching these people who have been just defined as being absolute jerks actually feel genuine pathos, <laughs> and then having this like big world shattering 
uh, conclusion where they defeat essentially a god yeah. through the power of heavy metal. Um, like I, I, I'm. It was spectacular and emotional, and I think I am more surprised that it. And I'm just shocked it happened, and I couldn't be happier. Um, I'll be honest. You say that plot, it sounds a bit like turning red. <laughs> not far off. <laughs> less, less to do with uh, with 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 women's puberty problems, but you're not you're not far away. Well, I mean, I. <laughs> As I said, I haven't been to the cinema much that didn't involve uh, either Paw Patrol or Super Mario or stuff. But I did watch a fair bit of TV. One thing that's worth pointing out that's newsworthy uh, this week is um, Prime Video are adding, well, ads to their service you pay for. And I'm not upset about that in and of itself. But it highlights the fact that you and me, before recording, were bouncing back shows that came out this year. And it's so hard to watch them because there are now so many streaming services that not only are some hard to watch, I wasn't even aware of a great many of the popular ones, you know? Some are incredibly hard to watch. Some are actively inaccessible in parts of the world Mm. because things like Macs aren't available here. And even things that came out at the start of this year are no longer available on the series that supplied them. Like, there was a Willow TV show this year that has vanished from the face of the earth. Well, no, yeah, you can't watch it. I think there was a Grease TV show that's gone. Uh, Oh, yeah, that was on Paramount, wasn't it? Yeah, Star Trek Prodigy very almost succumbed to the void. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, no, the, the, the state of TV and streaming is precarious yeah we have covered this in other bits and pieces and other episodes but i just think it's worth highlighting before things get worse so any anything we recommend now uh watch as soon as you can because it could just vanish in a week and also if we miss something it's not because we don't think that any other shows are good it's just that i only have room for so many services i'm sure there's really good stuff out there but i'm not aware of it and i haven't paid for it and i'm not gonna pirate it well speaking well i mean speaking of sailing the high seas there, didn't I? you did <laughs> uh, i i like of, of the tv shows that stood out to me this year uh i've uh, like the one that jumps to me has got to be the the live action one piece um i think i i, I brought up you had you never got around to watching it did you tragically not no no I, I think I, I i won't dwell on it because i did talk about it in a previous episode mm. but it is an absolute wonder that it came out not only passable considering other live action adaptations of anime, but actually good and a great and a good supplement to the original. Right. Uh, it it benefits it, it it manages to hit that fine balancing act as something that you could go in blind and enjoy on its own merits and something to go in and enjoy for fan service being a longtime fan of the original manga and anime. So there's something uh, for everyone, basically. There is something it manage, it manages to do what like the what we mentioned, Cowboy Bebop before, mm. uh, completely flopped at, and that it it was for nobody because people who don't know were just con- people who've never watched it yeah. are confused, and people who have watched Cowboy Bebop are annoyed. Uh, no, it it manages to hit that fine line where it it's accessible and on its and of uh, and on its own merits. Um, yeah, great show, definitely recommend it. Very excited to see what what season two brings. 
Uh, especially when they season with places they go in season two, some of the more, much more cartoony aspects of one piece. (laughs) One of the main characters is a three foot tall moose man. (laughs) Well, why didn't you lead with that? (laughs) Because that's season two. They got to figure that out. There's, I, 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 I'm not going to pretend I came up with this, but I'm fully behind mother's basement's uh, petition to make him a Muppet. That's, Oh. Make make Tony Tony Chopper a Muppet. That's <laughs> well, I suppose maybe we'll go stream streaming service by streaming service. I should point out, I have not seen The Last of Us. I know it is the most popular show of the year. But you know what? That is the cost of everything being... I've got four streaming apps, and it's not one of them. That is the kind of the state of play. Yeah, I, I don't. Will, I, yeah. I'm the same. I don't have the budget for new TV on top of everything else. Yeah, I will say now because last in my last episode you were on, you broke down all of the like kind of sales figures for movies and stuff, and we did our top ten thing. Mm. Uh, I know from having looked at Netflix numbers that the most popular show on Netflix this year, by a huge margin, was The Night Agent. Did you watch it? Really? Yeah. No. I no, I didn't. Everyone I, think I, heard... I knew, everyone I work with in school, every parent, every teacher had watched it. Which is so bizarre because it's not like got huge big name actors. It's not a franchise. It's just this thing that everyone collectively watched at once for some reason. No, I, I didn't, and a lot of people I know did, but it does have there's there's something about that kind of like John Le Carre type spy thriller. Mm that just has, like, the energy of everyone's dad definitely watched it. <laughs> yeah, like, I know there was, like, an American film, like, Sound of Freedom or something that kind of got by on the same energy. But, like, as well as some political stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, I watched Night Agent. It's it's fine. It's good. It's very bingeable. I've seen lots of things like it before. It wasn't like a Stranger Things where you watched it and you thought, why has no one ever done this before? Mm. But it was very, very good. And I could see why it became as popular as it did, because it's one of those kind of shows that can kind of appeal to everyone without specifically appealing to anyone. You know what I mean? It yeah. It like spreads that needle. Like There's a lot to be said about just doing something that is known and doing, but doing it incredibly well. Like, yeah, exactly. That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like uh, that definitely deserves a mention. For my Netflix picks, I really like the Black Mirror season that came out this year. Everyone's you, forgotten it already. You did. Really no, you, you and my fiance really enjoyed it. I just never dipped my toes into Black Mirror. So I never I never think to jump into it. Well, season. I mean, Even... like it's all anthologies. You can just pick up wherever you want, you know? Yeah, but also I don't want to be upset all the time. <laughs> well, that's life, Kev. <laughs> Go, go I can... enjoy hanging out with stretchy anime pirates, but this is the real world, man. I know you know. I I absolutely will. That's <laughs> I one hundred percent will. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, since we already covered that, uh, I don't think we ever covered The Witcher in great detail. No, um, because I mostly because I think I only actually got around to watching it last week. <laughs> I mean, I as as a sort of fantasy counterpart to The Mandalorian, I enjoyed it. I didn't always follow it, if I'm being honest. Mm. But it's one of those shows that is well acted and is very pretty. 
and I kind of like having it on in the room. I know that's not like high praise. <laughs> no, I think like in terms but, of like, kind of... you know what I mean. It's 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 very it's very relaxing and enjoyable for something that involves stabbing and blood and guts and all. Oh that. yeah, no, I think like because there was, I think that it's fair to say that like Game of Thrones, even after its debacle of an ending, uh, kind of left a left a bit of a vacuum for for fantasy that a mm. lot of people have been really trying to to fill with some things like the the rings of power and the wheel of time and i think the witcher it, like it, it's not trying to be game of thrones but it's filling that fantasy itch no and it's but it's also different like game of thrones has quite a lot of political intrigue and world building oh yeah and no as someone who only kind of came and went as uh my wife watched <laughs> the witcher you can kind of pick it up anywhere and you know who your three main characters are and go, right, I get the gist of it. You know, it's a fun show to watch, you know, and that's a quite a yeah. difficult thing to do for a fantasy thing. That's it. And I think like it's it's Netflix are obviously putting enough bo- enough resources into it to pay off the scale of some of the fantasy worlds, mm. uh, especially considering one of the big draws of it is monster hunting. Yes, um, and all the effects and monsters look great, and everything. It should be said, like yeah. So no, it was great, and I, I think, but but I mean, I all, all going said and well, I couldn't help but watch that this new <laughs> season and have the thought hanging over my head of oh, this is the last Henry Cavill we'll see as Gary. Yeah, I was expecting him to regenerate or have <laughs> something happen that's sort of organically bridged one to the other but it's, no no it's, it's so funny because on. it's so funny because they were very close to being able to do that yeah not not to spoil too much but there is there is a sequence where he gets his 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 stuff rocked yes <laughs> and has to go lay down and heal for the better part of a month yeah i, and I... What, like that's that's the end of like and that's the end of the the second main book in the series Right, but the show goes for another like three episodes after that, and like it's it, it's very funny. Like they could have just had had Liam Hemsworth wake up in Broccolin Forest and be like, "Well, that's that's just Geralt now." Mm-hmm. No, I think they're gonna they're gonna just kind of what what it feels like is that they're just gonna kind of have Liam Hemsworth show up and just kind of assume the audience will understand that. Oh, yes. that's just a different act. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know. I. I think, you know, considering he was kind of the ground force behind this entire show getting made, I'm upset to see him go. I will I will give Liam Hemsworth a shot. Yeah. That's all he uh, can do. Like, you yeah. know. But uh, moving on, unless you've got something else, I suppose we covered Scott Pilgrim recently enough, but that was another big Netflix. That's, yeah, just, that's just a shout out of a show that rocked well up and beyond my expectations. <laughs> um in terms of just something that is so gorgeous and changes the script. Yes. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we only recently did a whole episode on that. Yeah. You, you should go listen to that. Yes. Um, I'll, yeah, I'll that's, cover that's a few other... things from other streamings very quickly. Sorry, yeah. put across you there. Uh, did you watch Gen V, the new, the boys spinoff thing? I haven't yet. It's, it's been on my list. I mean, you, you gave it a glowing recommendation. I finished me. it this week. And mm. to be honest, I kind of prefer it. I know that's like a very bandwagony thing to say, but like because it's from the point of view of these not well off teenagers in a school, like whenever someone like the Deep or the Homelander shows up, it really feels more dangerous because they don't have that like plot armor 
And because they're not connected to any of the main characters, you sort of get like a better view on the world. You get like a better view of the celebrity thing. The characters are all very well realized. It moves at a nicer clip than I think the main. Don't get me wrong, the boys is still great. Like, hmm. but I but I was really surprised by this. I just expected it to be a bit of a fluffy spinoff, but I was seriously drawn into it. I thought it was great. Yeah, no, it's 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 on my list. I have to get around to it. I just it's the problem being is that Prime is never the first thing I think to open. Yes, yes. So it's never just kind of there in my face. Unless so you need I, to rewatch series eight of Charmed. Yeah, exactly. Or, or uh, the Buffy musical episode. Unless I go specifically to watch Salt Burn and be absolutely disgusted. I need to watch that. Yeah, that was um, another big one this year. Uh, just big on at five energy. Cat, I loved it. I cannot in good conscience recommend it. Don't worry, I got you covered. Uh, <laughs> did you watch the Frasier relaunch this year, by the way? I've been trying to talk about it for weeks. <laughs> No, I haven't. It's it's another one of those ones where every time I open up Paramount, I think I should watch that. And then I turn on Deep Space Nine. <laughs> well, all the episodes are out, so you've no excuse. I will say I was expecting it to be dire. Uh, mm. But once you get past two kind of shaky episodes, it gets pretty good pretty quickly. Because I it, heard it's, yeah. it's 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 it kind of it, it's a buddy comedy of like him and... Was it Del Boy from... No, Del, no, Rodney. Rodney. Rodney from Only Hills and Horses. Uh, which is just a surprising pull, but... Uh, yeah, but, well, yeah, Nicholas I... Lindhurst has been kind of in the same Broadway productions as Kelsey Grammer for years. They have a chemistry coming into it, like... Yeah. Uh, but I think they were in, uh, like, some kind of Man La Mancha production together or something like that. But no, it's to to kind of give the basic premise of it. It's, it's what every update does... It put Frasier in the role of the dad. His son has given up being an intellectual and now he's like a schlummy fireman. Like, you know, they're living together and it has all the it has all the promise of something awful. And that seems to be what you're getting. But once it sort of finds its rhythm, it's actually pretty good. It feels like an organic continuation without like, you know, just being a do over like it's. You've got like, are you up on your Frasier? Like, are you actually? Did you watch it? Like, oh, uh, like bits. Whenever it was on, like Sky back in yeah. the day. Like, I haven't sat down and watched all of Frasier. I'll say no, but okay. But basically, the the rough premise is that he's living with his son because he wants to reconnect with him now that Frasier's dad has passed on and yeah. he's moved back to Boston. So you've got a little bit of Cheers influence there too. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of jumps around between Fraser now being uh, a university professor at Harvard and like he has to get past his own celebrity ego because he's basically been a Dr. Phil figure for yes. the last 20 years. Uh, so he has to kind of get over himself in that respect. He has to come to terms with his age. You've got uh, Nicholas Lindhurst Rodney, who is one of those professors who is perpetually drunk but has tenure. Yes. And just doesn't <laughs> care and like gets takes even the worst jokes and makes them sing. But equally, you've got like the Sons community of firemen characters. You have like uh, the overachieving nephew who's the son of Fraser Hyde Pierce. Like there's. <laughs> OK, yeah, you've got you've got one character which me and Stevie don't quite have sussed out, which is she's the son's best friend and she's a She's a single mother, but she's also an actor and also works a bar at night. And you're like, okay, 
we have kids. <laughs> That's impossible. Yeah. And we never <laughs> see the kids. <laughs> even in even in the fantasy of the TV show. That's all. Yeah. yeah. But like like it feels like she should be two separate characters, but there's not that's not a knock against the actor, like you know. Uh but no, it's it's pretty solid. And whenever they do bring in someone from Frasier, it feels earned. And like we said, after kind of one or two episodes of being a bit wobbly, a bit playing it safe, it got us laughing. We ended up looking forward to it every week. And it ends on a really nice Christmas special. Like it's got all the charm of the original without feeling like a retread. I would now I'm not I'm not sure how much you'd get out of it if you didn't watch Frasier originally, but it is very as sequel shows go, it is very, very good. I'd say I've watched. I think I like. I think it's fair to say I watched enough Frasier. I could probably get it. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like I watched enough Frasier where the the Simpsons episode with David Hyde Pierce tickled me to bits. So yes, yes. Yeah, you, you've got. You, you don't need to know the lore if you've got the basic shape of it. Like you know. Yeah. Like like uh, uh like just to give an example like there's a there's an episode where the son Frasier's son because he spends his whole time like pretending to not be anything like his dad and they discover that if he gets drunk he becomes an intellectual again speaking french <laughs> right. like you know like that's that's cute you know it's sort of like it's not very weighty but like it, it has fun with its premise you know like okay I'll, I'll keep it in mind maybe maybe when i finish deep space nine that'll be my well i'll just stick this on the background yeah, yeah. um well i suppose while we're while we're while we're dwelling around paramount um I think it's I think the verdict is Star Trek good. Yeah, let's let's I've got a list here. Let's go. We've done this before in this year, but super quickly. The health of franchises. And hmm. Star Trek's as good a place to start as any. Because look, going over this list, Star Trek has had a very good year. I know there was like prodigy like faffing about, but that's not down to the fictional creators. Like, you know. Yeah, like that's in terms of the actual storytelling going on. And even then. The, the 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 viability of like that TV show has found its footing with Netflix. Uh, but like that's in terms of like actual Star Trek came out. Did season four of Discovery was that last year or this year? No, that was last year. Uh, that was last year. Was, I, think, yeah. I, I only caught it this year. That's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, but that was really good. Uh, um, this year we had the final season of Picard, unless they do a spin-off, which quite a lot of people I know who weren't watching Star Trek watched. So that's a good sign. <laughs> I think that yeah. I think Patrick Stewart Strange dropped the idea of doing a movie. I, they're just yeah. so old. <laughs> yeah, we've Strange New Worlds, which is the first Star Trek show I've seen advertised on a bus. Seeing that and Frasier on the side of buses just boggled my heads. Heads, even. Uh, yeah, Paramount's and, really out here giving you that big nostalgia lump. <laughs> yeah, and Lower Decks as well. Another yes. solid season. Like so, this this feels like the first year where. They aren't Star Trek isn't scrambling to find what works. They've got work and stuff and they just let it get better. Yeah, um, like I think I think the I think it's fair to say the first few years of Discovery, you, you had Ryder Dies who kind of came along with it, but I don't think like it was quite I don't think the general It wasn't the crossover hit that brought in a mainstream audience. No. Yeah, so then but then it really started branching out with Picard was probably a big part of that when it originally came out. But Strange New World and Lower Decks, they've they've all been kind of branching out, just just expanding it to what Star Trek felt like in the mid nineties. Yeah, like I know have, people who watch Strange New World and Lower Decks who aren't Star Trek fans. That's yeah. the kind of that's a sign of a franchise's health. Like, yeah, and like that's that there, there's plenty for everyone. I think it's something we said. Like, yeah, like, I know my dad hates animation, so he has no interest in Lower Decks. But he's, <laughs> 
but thoroughly enjoying Discovery and Strange New World. So like, yes. And then we've mentioned, you know, Prodigy for people, because like, you know, I wouldn't in good conscience recommend a young child to watch Strange New Worlds, but then there's Prodigy. Yeah, Prodigy's a weird one. And I know we've probably covered it before, but like, it, th- it kind of does a nice balancing act of like uh, being a show in its own terms and being a series eight of Voyager, which is such a weird balance, you know? I mean, it, it could be weirder. They could, they could, they could have a sitcom with Garrick and Bashir. <laughs> I would watch that. Oh, without, <laughs> without hesitation, I'd watch yeah. it. That's, that's, that's a Frasier spinoff I need. Yeah. And actually, I I didn't have it on my list, but the the short trips, short treks thing. You uh, did. I did watch them out your the recommendation. They, they were, were really good too. They were a treat. Yeah, just just a throwback, like as a celebration of the um, of the of the original animated series. Yeah, stuff. like um, like Spock making people cry during his roast. Yeah. No. No, I think yeah. No, Star Trek, as far as like a franchise, I think is doing very well. There's. There's we there's not a lot on the horizon for it, but I think there's enough to keep people excited. Like we know, yeah. Well, they don't when, need to like reinvent the wheel now. I know they're saying, oh, section thirty one, but I'm, I'm not fussed. Just I, keep just keep making the good stuff that's already going. You know, considering that's a section thirty one film with Michelle Yeoh, absolutely, I am fussed. Give me that now. I know, <laughs> but, but like, what I mean is, I don't need Star Trek to reinvent itself the sixteenth yeah. time. Just keep the good yeah. stuff coming. You know, no, we 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 know we've got season five of Discovery is sometime early this year. Whenever it's produced and filmed, there'll be strange new worlds and yeah. lower decks. Like there's there's more to come. Like I think we're we're in a good place with Star Trek. Yeah. I should also uh, briefly mention, because I know we covered it recently enough, but New Doctor, New Doctor Who, Christmas Day. Uh have you seen any of it? No, again, I I I I am suffering from the uh from the there's nowhere good to watch it in Ireland yeah. problem. No, but uh, Shuti Gatwa and the new companion, uh, the, the character is called Ruby Sunday. I think the actor is Millie Gibson. But anyway, uh, the three anniversary specials were really, really good. They were like really good in really different ways. Like it's hard to top like opening with an E.T. like type parody thing, then a horror, then a big bombastic Neil Patrick Harris playing Q face off. Yeah, like I, with, with the doctor turning up early, so you get to know him before his new his first episode, and then you've got Christmas, which was like, I suppose Labyrinth, you know, the eighties film. Oh, like, it was interesting. the The premise, which I won't spoil too much of, is that these little goblins are following around this character Ruby Sunday, and that's how the new doctor kind of gets on her trail. And they just cause her to have lots of bad luck. They cause she's being interviewed by Davina McCullough being an orphan. And then a Christmas tree falls on her. Like really ridiculous <laughs> over the top. And then they have to rescue a baby from goblins who are singing and who are going to feed this baby to a giant like puppet goblin. Like and they're singing a song about it, like with the the singers called Janice Goblin. Like, oh, you know, excellent. like just and the, the song's a banger. It's really good. It yeah. entered the charts. <laughs> no, I like it's it's definitely like it it is the first time I've actually w- actively wanted to watch Doctor Who. Well, that's since just I it. fell yeah. off. Um so yeah, BBC, get your get get your stuff together. Give yeah. give it to me. Make it easy. <laughs> and I bring this up because now Doctor Who has this like Marvel-y Hooniverse logo 
before <laughs> it started. I, I have mixed feelings about that, just as a very protective fan, even though yeah. I spend loads of money on extra books and plays and stuff. But it's it's nice to see life in the thing. It's, same as Star Trek, it's nice to see people excited about it, you know? That's, I get the feeling like it, even though I know it, it obviously kind of does almost rebrand every every new doctor, it definitely feels like more so than any of even the previous like three generations. This one feels like we're really like this is from scratch Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, and they're yeah, and they're putting all their like resources and money into it. I only just found out recently that big puppet thing, the goblin that's going to eat the baby and stuff right. is being puppeteered by the puppeteer of BB-8. Oh, which wow. <laughs> I mean is cool, but he's just a big fat guy who sits there, you know. <laughs> so there is, I think we're still in a in a phase of they're showing off what they can do, and I don't think a show can live off that forever. But you know what? We're getting Jinx Monsoon in an episode in a historical episode about the Beatles. I've heard. Hey, give I've... me more of this, you know. Yeah, no, it's 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 one I definitely want to keep my pulse on. I will probably jump in sometime. I'll, I'll send you DVDs. Um, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, um, me. <laughs> I, I know the Marvel one will eat the time. So I'll just cover Star Wars very quickly, which is this year, as, as far as I'm aware, I may have missed something. We had the second series of Visions. We had the third series of The Mandalorian and we had Ahsoka. Did you catch any of those? No, I'm going to take your word for what that was because this was the year I decided I'm stopping with Star Trek or Star Wars. That's I fine. Just, um, it, it, it has exhausted me <laughs> to well, think I mean, about it's it's a weirdly it's a weird year for star wars because visions you, you saw the first series mm. basically you know how that first season was lots of different japanese animation studios being do a star wars and do it whatever way you like yeah i heard the second one was a lot more kind of international and american yeah, studios. yeah exactly yeah. i mean like sure the irish studio that did the bread maker and all that kind of stuff the book of kells did one like, you know, we had Ardman did one, which hmm. we get watched once a week in this house. We had some like ones from India and all that. kind, And a French one, which is gorgeous. Like, you know, so that was cool. That was nice. I'm glad they're keeping that up. Actually, uh, if, if I may, if I may interject just because of one small tangent, uh, while I didn't watch Visions, I do need to give a plug to uh, one more plug to Kizazimoto, which is much the same sort of thing as Star Trek Visions. But it is... It is absolutely divested from any franchise, and it is African mythology, uh, continental African ref, mythology. Uh, this, yeah. Um, if you like visions at all, I cannot recommend this enough because it is all absolutely gorgeous uh, Afrofuturism sci-fi. Uh, in in that same sort of anthology vein, big big ups. It's great. Anyway, back to back to Star Wars. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Uh, Mandalorian series three was very strong and it also felt quite conclusive i won't say what happens in it in case anyone hasn't watched it but it felt like that chapter of star wars with the likes of the boba fett's and this and that and the other was coming to a close it felt like they were ending the mandalorian being the main character of star Mm. wars for a while which is good i like endings there aren't enough of them frankly so that was good and ahsoka is controversial in our house but I enjoyed it, and it clearly like is putting a plot forward for Star Wars, which is not a bad thing. You know, a direction is always welcome in these franchises, and it's something Marvel's been lacking for a while. Oh, yeah. So it's <laughs> nice to have a goal. I would segue into Marvel, but I just want to say there were three DC movies this year, and I saw none of them. 
and I'm sorry. No, we don't. We don't have Dara here to to talk to tell us to tell us about the Flash. Can you uh, even name the three DC movies that came out this year? Uh, do you know what? I can because it was. Uh, do you know what? I can't. It was Shazam. It was the Flash, and it was Aquaman. Fair dues. Okay. Um, mostly because so, mostly because I saw a scene on Twitter of Wonder Woman cameoing cameoing at a child's funeral in Shazam. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, just absolute like. Oh, and Blue I Beetle knew... as well. Sorry, for Blue Beetle. Oh, that was a DC. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I've. I. 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 The only interest I have in watching any of them is morbid curiosity. Yeah, um, I think that might be the first year that DC has overtaken Marvel, at least in terms of cinema releases, and it's all to get rid of their properties functionally. Uh, if that's if they released four, yeah, that's more than Marvel put out in movies this year. Yeah, uh, although it is, they are clearing it to make room for their new lot of things. So it's not like they have a driving passion. Yeah, like, that's like, the, Yeah, no, they're 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 clearing house. Yeah, clearance sale um, kind of thing. Uh, well then, unless you've got any major topics, I just want to recap the Marvel situation. I literally just finished What If season two before we hopped on here. Uh, if if it before we I suppose before we do yeah. while we are on the topic of Disney Plus far and away the best TV show I watched this year was The Bear. If if you have if you have Disney Plus and you are much like I think what we're going to get into getting a little bit tired of Marvel and just need a very good television show, The Bear is exceptional. It's about a a a a like uh, it, it's about a, a, a I think it's Chicago, Chicago, uh, a Chicago based chef who is used to working in the the the, the highest class three star Michelin uh, restaurants that is all stress taking over his dead brother's like down like down the street sandwich shop and trying to run it like a gourmet restaurant. It is so darkly hilarious while also being the most stressful show I've ever watched. <laughs> uh, every actor puts in 100%. It is engaging. It's dramatic. It's exceptional. I cannot recommend it enough. There is a Christmas episode that has me on the edge of my seat, just pulsing every nerve of my anxiety. It's kind incredible. It's me in and out of it now. Yeah, no, it's I, like it's, it, it is seen to be believed. Um and again, great year for for Io Edebiri, uh, who plays Sydney in it. She was also uh, one of the two leads in Bottoms. Which you were telling great, me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great teen, raunchy comedy movie. Uh, definitely hits that kind of Heather's style cult classic uh, about two lesbian teenagers starting a fight club to get girls. Exceptional stuff. Um, <laughs> I believe she was also the. I believe she was also the mule in the Banshees of Inisherin. <laughs> oh yeah, my God, that was a last year film. Yeah, so great year for Io Edebiri. Um, Go watch the Bear, Kian. What's the story with Marvel? Yeah, well, we had three. Uh, first of all, let me just recap very quickly. What if season two was very good? They did a very clever thing of releasing mm. one episode every day over the Christmas season, which I don't think it got a lot of attention, but it's nice. It's a good change of pace. They're That's dropping think... all of Echo like at the end of this week in one day, which gives me the sense of like, okay, we're clearing house for something new. But still, a lot of strong ones. 
they had like a really good like uh episode about a brand new Native American character uh because it's it's a what if it's what if the magic cubie thing tesseract landed in South America during the Crusades and some hapless natives got some superpowers that's nice uh like some strong outings like there's a lovely one we watched this evening where do you remember Hella from Thor 3 Oh, uh, Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where she gets banished to Earth instead of Thor, and she ends up in China in like the tenth century, and ends up like kind of redeeming herself and meeting the Mandarin like character, and like ends up kind of becoming a hero. Like, oh, and a great one where like Star Lord as a kid lands on Earth in the eighties with his evil superpowers, and the sort of the heroes of that day from the eighties, like have to like you know your 80s ant-man and kind of tony stark's dad and black panther's dad and all them have to team up so you've got like again i think what if season two it does something really well which is that it takes these slightly more obscure marvel characters and just pushes them to the front which if you're gonna do it that might as well be what you do with it like there's an entire episode about nebula being a space cop like you know we've got enough Captain America <coughs> and Iron Man stuff. Take these cool characters and give them a bit more space. I think uh, I remember. Like, I think that's what I liked about was what if season one was just the kind of the creative freedom that it kind of gave. Well, that's just known it. characters. Uh, yeah, and but, they do they do a lot more with Captain Carter this year. But like, they're really trying to make Captain Carter a thing. They're really trying their best. <laughs> yeah, ah, oh, they'll get there someday. Someday. But, but uh, no, it's 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 hard to clarify to quantify if it was a good year for Marvel or not because the films were Ant Man three, Guardians of the Galaxy three, and the Marvels. Uh, and then the TV shows were What If, uh, Secret Invasion, and Loki. So it's you could make a case for this year being stronger than last year. But it's very much ebbs and flows. It's ups I, and downs and ups and downs. You know, I I, I like the vibe I got from this year was the year I think people started checking out. Yes, um, I would agree with that, yeah. Like, it's... Like, we talked about it last time. Um, like, while I... While Ant-Man was a pretty big success being... What was it, like, the sixth, seventh uh, highest gross movie of the year? I don't think anybody... Really, it's the law of diminishing returns, yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody really rated it in terms of, like, a memorable Marvel movie that was that was a lot of fun. Um, and especially now that, like, what the situation with Jonathan, Jonathan Majors, Majors, I think. That. Well, that, that casts a huge shadow over. Yeah. I, uh, so I, that's, I just... He's just kind of like, he's that, he's now no longer the big supreme bad guy. I'm more yeah. the bad guy of well, that Well, they're still, it's still going to be Kang. It's not just going to be Jonathan Majors. And they've ported the Loki writers over to write Avengers 5. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so you're then... right. It's, it's. It's it's a it's the first major punch in the armor, isn't it? Like that's it. And I, like while Guardians three was an even big success, hmm. that's already established. And I think a lot of people saw that as the the swan song for James Gunn more than yes, anything else. More than so a that, Marvel film, yeah. Yes, yeah, so that that had its own irregular peak where I then thought we saw the diminishing returns of Ant Man show up with Marvels with the Marvels bombing. Yeah, I do think that something that isn't talked about is the Marvels was hurt not just by that. But the fact that it came out like a week after the writer's strike ended, so there was no promotion for it whatsoever. Yeah, it, it uh, was it was it was a combination of things where I think you had that 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 diminishing interest, 
the mm. writer strike giving it no promotion and it also needing to like it being the first major release where it felt like you had to have watched four very disparate pieces of media to be locked into it yeah well i mean i don't think that's true of watching the film but i could see having if you hadn't seen it i could see why you'd feel that but that's it like you know before going in you think it was like i never really got around to watching miss marvel yeah yeah like that's like it's an aspect yes um and then yeah what was what was the tv show it said loki and secret invasion yeah the other ones peaks and valleys Secret uh, Invasion was kneecapped by the Night Agent. The Night Agent was a much better version of that story. Yeah, Secret Secret Invasion was one of the ones I watched the first episode. Thought it was interesting and never went back to just Which is weird. It's I we're at time, unfortunately, but I'll just say this very quickly. I, I liked it fine, but it feels like you have a John Le Carre story about literal shapeshifters. Why is this not more suspenseful? It just <laughs> feels like they you're utilizing the premise incorrectly you know uh probably for the same reason that a lot of marvel things kind of fall is that they can't have uh long lasting circumstance they can't have long lasting consequences at the end of this story they have huge implications on the universe so like you know if if you're gonna make a mess make it an interesting mess you know but that thing so has so has about four other marvel properties none of which have been paid off remember the giant god creature sitting in the eternals nobody talks about it it's um it's long, like, I mean, I get, I supported phase four as like, yeah. let's go back to the phase one spirit. But yeah, there needs to be a direction by now. Yeah. Um, and then like, we've we've talked at extensive length about my thoughts and your thoughts about Loki. I'd like to kind of summarize, I thought it was a show with a lot of rocky middles that eventually made up for it at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, and you like, I think you liked it as a, as a kind of a workplace drama. Yeah. I mean, like, um, and it's starting... It feels like Marvel's gradually course correcting, but it might be a bit too late. Like we were watching What If, like two episodes a night here. And sorry to spoil the ending, but Stevie kind of said, oh, could you imagine somewhere poor Loki is holding all these multiple universes together? I'm like, yeah, that's what's good about Marvel. It's all connected, (laughs) except it isn't right now. Yeah, so that's like, and I think like to to kind of wrap it all back to, to what we were talking at the very start of the episode, you know, the, the 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 excitement just isn't there for it anymore mm-hmm. and i think the people need something else and that's why we got the yeah. swell for barbie and oppenheimer yeah um, I I'm, like I'm, a... I'm still looking forward to the young avengers i think that's got uh not maybe not even intentionally but i think they've put a lot of good work into making that something that could work based on the characters they have in their roster like Maybe. I, I think the big one I'm excited about is the Thunderbolts, and that's just out of sheer, sheer fascination to see how they pull that off, because that feels like putting the most random group of people in a room and figuring it out. I, I don't mind that, though. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, you because you've got your one from Seinfeld, uh, whose name, Julia Louise Dreyfus, and you've got Florence Pugh leading a team of misfits that is basically supposed to be Suicide Squad. The more obscure the characters are, the better. That's yeah, like it's 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 just kind of sheer yeah, that's it. Sheer fascination. Uh I'll see, but that's yeah, the not a lot of everything else in the There's also just not much on the horizon because they've because of the writer strike kneecapping them a bit and uh, and, 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 a, and a noticeable lack of direction. They're just yeah, kind of, this is this is the first a time scramble. I know I know Echo is coming out this week, but that's it is rumored, and this should always be taken with a pinch of salt that that's all dropping at once because 
the higher ups that be aren't happy with the quality of it, which for a show that has the kingpin in it is a bit of a bad sign. Yeah, know? and that and the rumors, I think that they're basically completely re- redoing the Daredevil show. Yeah. Uh, from the ground up. Yeah. Like, like, is the next thing Deadpool 3? It might be. I don't, yeah, I can't remember like, off the top I mean, head. to be honest, a year off cinema for Marvel would not be the worst thing in the world. No. Let it, let it keep ticking over on Disney Plus for the people who care about it, you know? But yeah, no, I think I like taking a break and just kind of coming back with a with a big with a big headliner could be something. And it and it should be said that because Marvel is a machine, it could be that as early as like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, they realized they need to course correct, but it was all already made, you know? Yeah. Which should be said for like people who work on these kind of things, like Yeah. Uh now this part is for Dara to edit out. Well, I should before. No, you even no, this is that, no, this, this is product- two or three minutes over. Should we just do movies from next year as well? For well, actually, no, this is what I was. Uh, uh, this is this is production notes. OK, um, do we, we will. I, I think we'll end the radio show here. Right. And then cut to uh, a, an after dark segment for Spotify and then talk games and next year. If you're still if you're able to keep recording for a little bit. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. OK, uh, so I'll kick in with the outro. Well, that, unfortunately, is all the time we have for this week here on Nerds No Basis on Phoenix 92.5 FM. However, if you go over to Spotify and all of our other streaming services, we are going to talk about the year in review of video games. Uh, Because, again, we mentioned at the top, this was a very stacked year for everything. And we just couldn't all fit it inside the one radio show. So please check us out, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're going to be streaming the episode there. Uh, you can find all of that all on all of our other socials on nerdtoknowmedia.com. Uh, you can also find our Patreon there if you like what we're doing. You can tip us a few bucks. Always appreciate it. Um, and is there anything else, Kian, you would like to plug for the good people? Just to have a happy new year. Just have, have a good year. I really do genuinely hope everyone out there mm. has a good 2024. Mm. Uh, and until next time, I have been Kev. And I have not been Kev. And we will see you next week. <laughs> Unless you Plot are twist. on our streaming service. Unless you are on insert name of streaming service here. Yeah. In which case, welcome back. <laughs> Hello. Dara, could you leave like an awkward 30 seconds of cricket sounds <laughs> so that people check and see there's like 20 minutes left and don't know what's going on? <laughs> Welcome back to Nerd to Know <laughs> After Dark. Maybe the sound's just walking away down a long corridor. Where we are no longer constrained. A car by speeding the... off. <laughs> just, yeah, that's, yeah, hold on, Darry. I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave my mic on. I'm going to get Foley of me walking out and turning on the ignition of my car. Just like some exotic animal sounds as a door opens. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the exotic birds of Meath. <laughs> Kells! <laughs> Um, but yes, welcome back to a very special episode of Nerd to Know Media After Dark. Um, where I think, yeah, I think you, well, let's, I know you want to look forward to 2024 first, but I think I, I really do want to kind of talk about how, on top of the movies and the games we've already talked about, uh, the movies and the TV shows that we've already talked about, uh, big year for games. <laughs> I should say, this is all you. The, this is all the me. The newest <laughs> game I played this year is like that 
Star Wars game about the clones. I'm very out of the loop. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't play a lot, a lot this year, but I did play what I think is probably the two like totems of gaming this year, mm-hmm. which were Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom and Baldur's Gate Three. Right. Uh, I, frankly, look on any gaming website, and you'll see one or the other be interchanged in Game of the Year for incredibly good reason. They're both exceptional pieces of game design. Um. I'll, I'll start with Zelda because I think I, we, I, I did an extensive review on this back when it came out kind of earlier in the year, but it is, it, it, it takes the bones of the go anywhere, do anything exploration of Breath of the Wild and expands on that and opens up the toolbox. It, it feels like a game where they, where they opened up what would be a dev, a developer toolkit and gave it to players. Well, that's that's the vibe I heard. Yeah, that you could sort of go crazy and a bit Minecrafty with it. Yeah, that's it. And like, I I'm not a person that likes crafting in games. I'm I I don't. Where does it sound? I don't like the freedom to do anything in a game. Mm. I need clear and direct instruction. Yes, yes, I get what you mean. But I because I, I get otherwise I just get overwhelmed. Uh, but I never felt that sense of overwhelming with breath with Tears of the Kingdom. Because the 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 build mechanics are all so tightly defined, but if you stop to think about them for even a minute, they rock the very foundation of how a game is made. Because <laughs> you know, intuitively, you think, "Oh, well, if I stick a mast on a log, I make a boat." But if you stop and remember, it's like somebody had to pro. You know, you don't just stick a, a an object to an object and makes a boat. That had to be specifically programmed. Mm. that doing them makes that and the physics involved and the physical change if you throw another log on there or <laughs> put a rock on top of the mass like it and that's that's like the bare bones of this because there is physics to do with flying and wheels and weight distributions that like just from from a game design perspective just baffles the mind of the amount of time <laughs> and dedication and for it all to just work intuitively, um, it's 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 a masterstroke. So throwing in that as one of the as one of as a, as only one of the kind of the new major power ups that you get, and the rest all being on that similar level of flipping the script of how a game is designed and played. Like the one that still shakes me is. There's the Ascend ability, which the whole idea of it is that you can, if you're standing in a cave, you can target the roof and just jump up through it and swim up through like that surface to the top. Right. And it fully like it, 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 it redefines how you think, how you think about things like dungeons, because you could be fully just in a cave system, have a thought of, oh man, it's going to take me forever to cry my way back out of this. <laughs> anyway, three minutes later, you're like, wait, I just, I have an out button and shoot up. And like the game explores its, and the game design, the world design factors that into account. So it's not even like a, like a, it, it never feels like a cheat button. Hmm. There are, there are puzzles and traversal mechanics that depend on it. It's, it's so interesting. 
Like nothing, nothing feels like chaff and nothing feels wasted or left on the cutting room floor with it. Um, and, and add into that, it, the fact that it has one of the more ambitious Zelda, Legend of Zelda stories I've ever, I've ever played. Uh, it's, it's a testament. It's, it's, it is an exceptional piece of gaming. Okay, and do you think it's superior to the original? You know the the Breath of the Wild. I mean, I would say so. I I I think I I think if I went back to play Breath of the Wild, I would have a distinct feeling of oh well, why can't I do this? Right, especially considering like uh, I think like one big criticism people gave it is that it's it's all the same world. It's you know it's it's that say it's the same high rule that you had, but now with an underground and sky islands. But I mean, that was a meticulously designed world that took eight years to make. I'm not going to begrudge them for just using it again. Right. And so no, no, no. I, like I said, with Star Trek, if it's working, keep it going. Like, you know. Exactly. Um, but yeah, no, Breath of the Wild or uh, Tears of the Kingdom would would be far and away the best game to come out in a year that didn't have Baldur's Gate 3. <laughs> Right, because <laughs> that is a game that truly baffles me how they can fit every aspect into it. <laughs> it is, it is. I'll be honest; I've never heard of Baldur's Gate one and two. There, to be fair, I'm not surprised. They're old PC games. You know, right. they they were they were they were actually they were originally Bioware games. Back before, oh, that explains a lot. Okay. Back before Bioware made like the original Mass Effect and Dragon Quest, like they are old, like PS One era top down strategy games. Um, so yeah, no, it's no wonder not a lot of people played them. They are old. Uh, but what it what Baldur's Gate Three kind of builds off of? It's not Bioware this time. It's Larian, who uh, it's Larian Studios who made a. In a couple of very similar type games, um, Divinity: Original Sin is another one that's it's an original IP, but very similar in in the Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition system. Uh, but it, it it builds on the groundwork of the, the succession of kind of fantasy RPGs from those old uh, from those old top down point and clicks all the way up to kind of Skyrim to Dragon Age, and now kind of developing that line of fantasy RPG. Um, but it's, it's, it's what, what, but what truly sets it apart is scale. Because it is a game where every, it's, it's, it's much like, much in the same way as kind of, as, as Bioware games of your, of your Dragon Age and your Mass Effects. Uh, it's, it's very narrative driven and choice driven. The game will constantly be, be bombarding you with conversations with NPCs and choices, but every choice matters and every choice is impactful and the game remembers and gives you consequences for every single choice. And you eventually... You say that and that sounds stressful to me. But it's all it all feels so natural, except for... It all feels so natural, but eventually you're making these absolutely book wild decisions about having a hag offer to remove the parasite that's infecting your brain only to give you a hag's eye 
uh, and then have wholly distinct dialogue options for the rest of the game that depend on you having this hag's eye. But see, earlier you said you found it stressful if, like, the game didn't give you enough direction, like... Normally, but, like, that's... I never felt like I was missing out on anything because I never regretted the decisions I was making. Um, And if anything, it's... it's Even though it is a 200-plus hour, you know, uh, lengthy RPG, I felt I have act... I have actively wanted to play it again to explore those different options. It's it's not... I, I get stressed out when I'm given freedom with very little, like, uh, direction. But Baldur's Gate is constantly giving you directions and constantly giving you uh, kind of quests to fill out. But it never, like, it never gives you the impression that, oh, you missed that, never mind. It's always... There's always that sense of progression. There's always that sense of accomplishment, no matter what decision you make. Okay, uh, see, I get that. But why were you and Katie drooling over the characters? Oh, well, they're also incredibly pretty. That's <laughs> because you can because you are given like six party members and you can date any of them. And there's no bad option. Do they find out if you date multiples? Yes. And what happens? And so, it depends because some of them are in that is not a good answer. <laughs> well, some of them want to be in a poly relationship. If I if I said what will happen if I walk into this dark alley and you said it depends, <laughs> I would not go down that alley. <laughs> well, uh, no, it depends. Do you have the eight foot tall barbarian Carlac by your side or the very no, scrawny vampire? No, if you say vampire? it depends, I will not go near it. <laughs> um, no, I it, it, like it, it's scale. If you think the scale is intimidating, I would still say give it a shot. Because what console is it on, by the way? Uh I think currently PlayStation, PC, and Xbox. Oh, okay, all right. I I regret to say I do not see this coming to Switch. No, it is... not my... I'm still waiting for Mass Effect to come to the Switch. Uh, I don't know about Mass Effect, but like I, for a simple sh- fact of sheer size, I think currently the game file I have sits at about 140 gigabytes right um i there's just there is simply in a sheer sense of data storage there's no way the switch can run that um, all right well fair enough well because i mean like you try you you hey you tell me you tried playing the kingdom hearts games on the cloud version do you want that for Baldur's Gate? Yeah, but that like, was running off the internet that's a different story altogether that's the only way that the switch would be able to do this <laughs> Oh my god! And um, no, See, even far... the cloud wasn't that bad. It was just the first four weeks. If you're willing to wait, it's not too bad. Like oh, just because of the traffic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, like that's far and away Baldur's Gate best game this year with a bullet. I'm yeah. still playing it. Um, it's not a new thing, but I'm looking forward to the final Ace Attorney games coming to the Switch this January. Oh yes, well the final sports, I should say. Yeah, because that's I think it's it's between those three that no, there's a couple of more I think side ones that never got. Well, the, there was the Miles Edgeworth game. Yeah, sure, but I I just talking like the mainline like Phoenix Wrighty ones, the ones that involve Apollo yes. Justice. There, there was one DS game and then two 3DS ones. So they're they're coming out as a trilogy in January, and I'm really excited for that. That's it's it's on my radar. I still have to finish Ace Attorney three. 
and then I'll jump into them. Mm. Uh, oh, well, that, that makes sense. You can naturally go from one to the other. Like Apollo yeah. Justice is just Ace Attorney 4. Although through some weird fluke of release on the DS, 4 came out before 3, and it was a whole thing. Uh, but... No, but I'm glad we're getting it in the right order now anyway. And uh, like I said, I have not played a new game <laughs> in at least a couple of years. One day I might. Does 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 Peppa Pig or the Bluey game count as new releases? <laughs> I, think, I think the Bluey game counts as new, but I don't know if it gets good. <laughs> it's, it's, I find it frustrating, but it's, <laughs> it's a good game for what it is. <laughs> We are still no. trying to get an Australian cake off a shelf. <laughs> to be fair, Kian, I think you're 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 probably in the best standing because as I as I've I've pioneered as I've really kind of like gotten in my soapbox now, uh, the best way to buy a game is to wait a year yeah. and buy it when it's fully released and half price. <laughs> well, look, I finished Final Fantasy V yesterday, and that's a game I've played hundreds of times. So, like, I'm I'm not your person to start to tell new Call of Duty games to or something. If you want to sell me a game, release it in the 90s and make sure I played it. And that's the best way to sell to me. Like the personas are all up there. I still haven't got those. There's a Demon <laughs> Slayer game. I haven't got that. I've looked at it. It's on my wish list. It looks nice, but I haven't got it. From afar, it looks pretty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I suppose, well, well, to, to kind of to, to wrap things up, uh, speaking of looking at things from afar, Let's 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 look at 2024, the the landscape before us. Yeah, are um, there any films you're looking forward to? This oh, big time! Um, but first off, I think it's it's fair to say there's not a lot coming out that I'm that I'm excited about, mostly because Hollywood was kind of closed for the better part of 2023. Yeah, we discussed so. this off the air before we started recording, but a lot of the upcoming movies don't even have trailers yet. Yeah, I think a lot of things a lot got of them announced. Are, oh, don't as, have names even. Yeah, I think a lot of things got announced when the strike ended. Yeah. And while they're in pre-production, there's claims they'll come out this year. I will believe it when I see it. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of things that are that are at least firmly set, uh, I've got, I'd say, three big uh, exciting releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first of which we at least know is coming out because it is done and they are released. And like, mm-hmm. it was simply just waiting for the strike to end. Right. Um, and that's Dune Part 2. Yes. I honestly uh, didn't think it would get made. I no, I was confident it was gonna get made. It was if Diddy was gonna just release it. Barbenheimer, for me, Dune was the moment, okay, the pandemic's over and cinemas are back. That's what it felt real to me. Dune was that's it. I think like Denny Villeneuve has that has that similar kind of like auteur star power that I think the yeah. Greta Gerwig's the Christopher Nolan do. But not, e- but not even just auteur. I mean, that film in terms of scale, you mm. go, okay, this wouldn't have worked as a TV release. No. No. It's, yeah, he's a fantastic filmmaker. And especially at yeah, the back half of Dune. Like, that first movie was a nice, concise political thriller. The mm. back half is, the fact that he separated it where he does, we're in for a surrealist fantasy epic yes i because i've read the book and i think they've made all the right choices in adapting it so far especially compared to the Kyle mclaughlin 80s one where it's like trying to do the entire star wars trilogy in one movie yeah 
Like you can you can feel where like an hour got cut out. Like so yeah, no, like there's there's so much there, and then like some of the new casting getting announced just seems fascinating. <laughs> uh, Christopher Walken is playing the what's it the the Paddy Shah Emperor. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, it's ah, oh, they're great. Like just really interesting ideas there. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, that's I think that's set. I think that's set for March. That's that's the that's the next one that right. I that I'm big on. Well, are you also uh, seen the trailer for Argyle? Yes, uh, I think it looks fine. I'm kind of, I'm I'm kind of like lukewarm on the Kingsman movies and that director. Can't remember his name. Matthew Vaughn. Matthew Vaughn. Like they're they're fine. I wouldn't go out of my way. Uh, yeah, well, you because you well, I'll just say because you talk about auteurs, and he is one of the few directors who is kind of his own brand, you know, in a sort of an actiony type way. I mean, who else do you have? Like the the Lock Shock Two Smoking Barrels guy. Like I've I've got a soft spot for Matthew Vaughn. I think he always goes too far in his third acts. But there's enough charm that we we did the Three Kingsman films recently, and there's enough charm that holds it together, and I think makes it stronger than most other releases like it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I I'll wait and see if like the if the reviews are good, but it's not something I'm going to be running out to a cinema right, to get right. to. Uh, unlike, again, speaking of big auteur directors, I love me some uh, some some some. Sony. Oh my. God, why am I forgetting his name? This is awful. Uh, it's Furiosa. I'm excited about Furiosa. Greg Miller. Hmm. Uh, I, like, oh, I, yeah. Give me some happy feet and Babe Pig in the City and whoosh. <laughs> you say that. Babe Pig in the City is wild. <laughs> I've never actually seen the whole thing. I've watched... Babe is one of those films I watch every Christmas. Uh, uh, see, uh, Babe too. Like, Babe is a classic like front to back like old school mm. story, like hollywood movie yeah babe 2 is an is a roller coaster <laughs> it just it goes all over the place and it's fascinating Was there a monkey in that yeah there was <laughs> um where I, like I, while i was very nonplussed by um Oh, Thousand Years of Longing was the was the genie. Oh, movie I really liked that one actually. I I think I was expecting more and was let down. Okay. Um, I, I, mean, I, I maybe I watched it on streaming, but I thought it was a really solid film. Yeah, it, it was. It was. I went to see it the day I went to see four movies in a row in a cinema. Uh, okay, and the, and well, the other that, three that Blackbird, were... was it? <laughs> no, it was. It was that Bullet Train, a Dragon Ball movie, and uh, oh, the Nope, the Jordan Peele movie. That sounds like an exhausting day. <laughs> it kind of was, but also like that's I had three stone cold bangers of movies. And yeah, just didn't okay. That, uh, but I have absolute faith in him in the Mad Max universe. Mm. Um, so it's a prequel to Fury Road on Furiosa. Oh, it's so, a prequel. Okay. Yeah. So we've actually it's naturally thrown now. Instead, we have Anya Taylor Joy playing okay, Furiosa, that's playing solid. a younger Fury. And the villain is Chris Hemsworth, which I am so excited for. Because oh, he gets to go full Australian. Yeah, he just goes full mad ball Australian man. And I cannot get all the Hemsworths in this. Exactly. Um, it's like it's like doing a film in like Sweden and getting all the scars guards. <laughs> <laughs> but um 
Yeah, no, that's... Oh, actually, speaking of the Scars Guards, I have another... I have a fourth, mm. because I am absolutely all in on Nosferatu. Um, I don't even know this. Oh, do you know Robert Eggers? No, did, remind me. Uh, he did The Witch, The Lighthouse, and The Norseman. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, so he's he's taking his hand at, like, the old 20s Dracula Nosferatu movie. Uh, like, full Count Orlock. Right. And I do not quiz me, because I do not know which Skarsgård is playing, no- is playing Orlock. <laughs> but it's not Stellan. It's one of the sons. I could not... I think it's Bill. I think... I think it's the one who played Pennywise. <laughs> right. I will have to so have to have someone fact check me on that. Um, but no, Robert Eggers again, another fantastic like singular vision maker mm. filmmaker. Uh, Lighthouse Witch and Norseman are all exceptionally made movies that are just like off putting enough to be interesting. There's a Scar's Guard in the Northman as well, isn't there? There is. I think it's Alex is the lead. <laughs> right. There's like six of them. I oh, don't Stellan. know. No, Stellan's the dad. Oh god! Right, we're gonna be a list. Yeah, I need. I need a mnemonic. I need a scars guard mnemonic. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's yeah. No, I think. I think. I think. Eggers is in with the scars guard lineage. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. That's like there. There's a promo image of Willem Dafoe in like full Victorian garb. Okay. Apparently, he did a scene with two hundred live rats. I mean, I can't I assume wait. he just lives with two hundred live rats. You think? Um, but yeah, that's 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 number three, and then number four, uh, as a complete tone shift, is allegedly later at the end of this year. We're finally getting Paddington three. <laughs> Again, a lot of these things are telling me done at trailers. I'll believe it when I see it. That's it. They they, they and now, even then, I'll be dubious. Now, Paddington has the benefit. That was not affected by SAG because that was a British production. Right. So that has been that has been worked on since. Uh, I think it was one, wasn't it one of the, the leads? I don't remember which one had to leave because not, was, not one of the main family, as far as I understand. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, one of the actors had to leave because it was a SAG contract. So I think they mm-hmm. replaced her. Uh, but yeah, no, I very exciting. The Paddington movies are great. And this time it looks like the 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 family's going to Peru. Wonderful. <laughs> um, this make make Paddington three better than Citizen Kane. It's on track. It might do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're 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 like my big four. I think is of of like kind of things to look looking forward to next year. Uh, oh, any any yeah. anything you'd like to throw in? No, to be honest, I'm looking through my list. There's nothing that really jumps out at me. I'm I'm morbidly curious because we have allegedly three Sony movies coming out next year. Craven oh. and Venom. Ma- Madam Web, unironically, I think it looks great. <laughs> I'll, I'll take your word for it. I mean, I didn't hate Morbius, but it just sort of went in one ear and out the other for all its anti-hype, you know? Yeah, no, Mad, I don't know. There's something there's something about the idea of having let's just get four spider women and put them in a room together. Yeah, that just seems very fun, uh, and Craven. We'll wait and see. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, if you talk about films, I'm I'm looking forward to Dune two. I'm looking forward to Sonic, uh, the Hedgehog three. Oh, I, I feel like that's a 
underappreciated kids movie series. I think I it's think... solid, those films. Oh, they're great. That's one that I think I'm 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 on your side of the fence of. I will believe that when I get a trailer for it. Yeah, but like if it not this, it, it will come because like they've been pretty like look at this way. They they remade the whole movie in like seven months and it turned out great. I oh, have yeah, absolute no. faith. Oh no, I, 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 I've no by. doubt it's coming. It's if it's yeah. coming this year. Yeah, uh, it'll and of course, the... Eggmanless. But uh, well, it's, it's Eggmanless, but we get Shadow. Yes. And I'm fascinated to find out that like that's the big casting excitement is who's going to play Shadow. Well, that's just Eggman. it. But no matter who it is, I right near the end of two, the chemistry between Sonic Eggman and, and uh, not Sonic Eggman, Sonic Tails and Knuckles was lovely. I oh, love yeah. that little scene them playing baseball right at the end. I want a whole movie of that. Please don't do a Last Jedi and split them up into separate plot lines. Just keep them together. Keep them together. Know? Let them have fun. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't, did don't get, get duped. There was yeah. a there there was a full uh, troll post kicking around where Jared Leto announced he was playing Shadow, and I fell for it. <laughs> <laughs> I admit, I absolutely did. I think it was it was him. Uh, Not even voice acting. I am just like. Just the edge of the <laughs> in full rubber costume. With the- yeah. <laughs> uh, we also everyone's forgotten this. We're getting a Joker too. Oh, Gaga in it, and it's a musical. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's worth pointing out. A lot of musicals next year. We're getting a Mean Girls. We're getting a Wicked. Sorry, we're gonna get. I think a lot of musicals. That this that. The advertisements are not telling us for music. True, but I think Wonka is kind of opening the doors to the fact that actually people like songs and things. Yeah, although I, admittedly, there's no wonder the Wonka music, the Wonka didn't advertise with musical. The music in Wonka is incredibly forgettable. Uh, okay, but uh, like I watched, it wasn't a this year release, but I watched the House of Gucci over Christmas, and that had Lady Gaga and like uh, oddly enough Jared Leto in it, and it's like okay, like. Not the same director, sure, but like it's nice to be reminded that, like, yeah, she's a solid actor. That original Joker film was solid. I'm intrigued. There, I I think feel that it doesn't need a sequel, but if it's weird enough, go for it. It 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 seems like it's going for a completely different tone. Yeah. Again, I'll wait. I'll wait and see. There'll be a trailer, but that those two just wild diversions from the original have gotten me interested. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of things I already plan not to see, like the Garfield movie. (laughs) I will probably end up seeing it against my will. But it's just like, it's kind of a lot of these movies, like original ones are great. Like the fall guy isn't my kind of thing, but I'm really glad. I mean, I I think I I think actually, yeah, now that I think about it, I'd be very into that. Yeah, yeah, but Gosling. that's what I mean. It's an original property that people will go because it looks fun, and there aren't enough of those movies anymore. Yeah, you know, Ryan got like it. it it's a rom com action movie, and I think Ryan Gosling, that like, he, he, if it's not that good, I think he still has enough uh, charm, good like, goodwill yeah. built up from Ken. Yes, perfectly um, timed. You're also getting Rebel Moon too. You actually saw the first one, didn't you? I didn't. It was Katie who saw. Oh, sure. It. We need to get her on here. And I think her review was exactly what I anticipated of a sci-fi movie that did absolutely nothing. Yeah. I mean, there's also franchise things. There's going to be a Godzilla and Kong movie. There's a Ghostbusters movie. Personally, I've not really any interest in those. I think I think the franchises, much as I am a defender of Marvel, I think the franchises have had their day. 
I think Barbenheimer may have marked the end of that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think they're going to be bombs or anything, but I don't know anyone who's like super hyped to see films like, like the kingdom of the planet of the apes, even though those are all solid films. Like, you know, I know the people um, who's scrambling. I, just, I think, I think that appeal might be waning out. Although I will say I am looking forward to inside out too. It's interesting. Like, yeah, that's, well, I mean, that's, that's Pixar, you know, they, they, they've had enough of a solid output so consistently that that's a draw and yeah. they're usually ve- and Pixar are very good at not milking a sequel that came out like a decade later you know the Toy Story sequels have all been I think 4 is rocky but it's not a bad movie it's still like decently enjoyable and 3 was very good considering it was like 15 years after the first one or something yeah it was a 10 or something um so I think Inside Out 2 has enough like drawing power where it's like, okay, they're doing something interesting. Yeah. And I think much like much in the same way, I think it's I think it's actually running off a lot of the same sort of idea of Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 3, where the pro the target audience that would have resonated with it mm-hmm. have grown up to the point where it seems like the themes of Inside Out 2 of going through anxiety and all those yeah. complicated feelings are gonna start really hitting hitting hard yeah you're absolutely right but no it seems like a lot of like there's a beetlejuice 2 a smile 2 gladiator 2 some kind of alien film it's it seems like a lot of franchises are like kind of despicable me for quiet place like it seems like a lot of these things are gonna try and maybe they'll be great i don't know but it seems to me that like the tide is turning against that kind of thing, at least in my opinion. Like, oh no, I think I think you're I think you're you're pretty spot on. Uh, but I mean, that's like you're always going to when you're looking up things for the next year. The recognizable franchises are always going to be what's kind of first on the list, and it's those yeah. those original IPs will will crop up over the year, and like they they'll come up when the critics kind of see, when when they come out and people start to see them. Like, I would never have entered 2022 thinking my top movie this year is going to be a three-hour Indian epic about two men who are the best of friends. Yeah, but equally, they can surprise you. No one expected Top Gun 2 to be the film of its year, you know? That's fair. (laughs) It may, like I say, there may be a surprise in there. Beatles 2 might change the world. We just don't know. We just don't know, uh, but that is that is for the year. That is that is for us to figure out this year. And yes. uh, and we, I think, I think we've 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 prattled on long enough. Um, Hopefully, this is long enough to make a second episode. <laughs> that might have been it. Kids, kids, ten past twelve. <laughs> yes, I I can hear the baby still talking <laughs> in the next room. Uh, then I think yeah, for for our own sake, I think we'll leave it there. Um, all right. Again, thank you all for listening. If you have been, if you have stuck with yes. us all this time, please come back here to check out Incorrect We Are in three months' time. <laughs> we have enough, enough shame to, as long as you give us a click. Please come back here and tell us that Dune 2 was awful. If yes. it is, <laughs> I will, I will be sad about it. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, once again, you heard all the plugs earlier in the episode, but check out our socials, check out our website, check out our Patreon. Uh, if you stuck with us, if you stuck with us throughout the past couple of years, thank you so much. Yeah, uh, we really appreciate it. If you if you listen for an episode this long, 
you've been listening to us for the year and we really appreciate you uh sticking with us uh we're we're having a blast we, yeah, we exactly. i think we, we we plan on doing this for a while long we'll wake katie up at some point we'll wake katie up at some point she really needs to sleep <laughs> Yeah, she's actually here. She's just asleep. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we keep her. We keep her in the cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's her happy place. She's better there. There's balloons uh, in there. <laughs> uh, but until next time, I've been Kev, and I've been Keen. I think it's very late. He's not been Kev. No. Uh, and we will see you all next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.